You're listening to Extra Takes, hosted by Northland Church lead pastor, Dr. Joshua Laxton. Tune in each week as Pastor Josh reveals the rest of the story behind his sermons. We'll discuss how those who follow Christ can live out a biblical vision for the church in the world today. Well, hello, Northland family and friends. Welcome to another episode of Extra Takes. I am your co-host, PJ, along with... Matt Shiles and Joe Curtis in the background. I'm going to keep calling him out. like, And maybe we'll give him a mic one of these days, even when he's in the background. One of these days. One of these days. Maybe today. Who knows? <laughs> if he has a profound word to say, sure, we'll pass the mic. Great. But he just looks pretty over there. <laughs> so what a, what a pretty fixture. Now, I have been having people come up to me, show me their sketchers. So, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like, yep. well, let me show you, Pastor Josh, my sketchers. And I'm like, well, one of these days I'll get there. Not there yet. One of these days. So, but we're talking about rest and we are? recovery. So, we'll see you guys later. Peace out. Wouldn't, just joking. Wouldn't just that joking. be something? Wouldn't that be something? We would just hey, we're we're gonna put this on for forty minutes. Pause long enough, Matt. Like I was going to like it was gonna be it's gonna be the end, but you didn't pause long enough, so blew that. I don't want to lose everybody from yeah, the beginning. <laughs> so yeah, rest and recovery. This is a a much needed week. Um, this was September sixteenth and seventeenth, and uh, and as a reminder, we're in the Iron Faith series, and we're all about. Uh, trying to help you construct a theology of endurance so that you will have a faith that goes the distance. And the main point was moments of rest and recovery are needed to renew and restore your machine so that it will go the distance. Um, This is such an interesting week because, yeah, you made a lot of friends this week. I hope I did. You might have lost a lot of friends the last couple weeks. There were some hard messages, but... Um, but you made a lot of friends. There was a lot of hooting and hollering and whooping and uh, yeah. cheering. and Especially in the 9 o'clock, even this week, 9 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, guys. If you were in the 9 o'clock, thank you. That was awesome. Saturday, too. There yeah. was a Yeah. There was an energy about the Saturday service that was, uh, that was fun. Um, but let, let me give the, uh, the outline and then, um, and then even some of these scriptures we used. Um, so three ways that God wants you and I to rest and recover so that we can be renewed and restored. Um, so the outline is essentially trying to um, be connected to the main point. So number one is you need to adopt God's rhythms of rest. Um, you need to accept uh, you need seasons of slow. And you need to ascertain the right bouts of breathing. You, you, you like how I used alliteration, right? So I do. Adopt, accept, ascertain. Yeah. Then rhythms of rest. Yeah. Seasons of slow and bouts of breathing. Ascertain. That's a big word. That I, is a I've big heard word that you'd like yeah, to use yeah. big words. So yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. I've, I think I've told people about my grammarly usage. You're very proud of it. Very proud of it. Yeah. So 90. ascertain is just basically means learning. Yeah. And bouts, like we we typically use the word bouts when we talk about like boxing, fighting. Like, yeah. You know, fight, you know, and you could actually use that, but also it could be a word that means sessions. Like you know, so you have these sessions of of, of breathing, sure. these deep sessions of breathing. But yeah, but it is you're fighting for your breath because you are in some sense fighting for your life and resting and recovering. So so think about it, yeah. So it is, but it bouts means it's really intentional. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah. 
try to be creative sometimes with my language. I might not can be creative in a lot of things, but I try to be creative in, in language usage. I, th- I think it's great. Obviously, it makes it easier to remember, which is uh, what we're hoping for. Um, so as we open up today, uh, this message was different than, than previous weeks. So kind of begs the question, um, do you think about heavy and light messages as you're kind of laying out your preaching schedule? Does that come into uh, account in any way? It does to, to a degree. So years ago when I was thinking about sermon series, because that's typically how I preach. I preach through series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then those series can be a, going through a book. Like after this series, we'll go into the book of Ruth. Mm-hmm. But I look at sermons within a series the same way we typically have shows in a series. Okay. There are some shows that just move the plot along. There yeah. are some of the shows that are defining moments in the shows. And they are the home runs, the grand slams. But again, other other, you know, show again the, the, the mm. episodes, they just move the plot along. So there are some messages that, man, they're, they're just going to resonate with everybody. Everybody's just going to be like, oh, my gosh, wow. Mm. And I think that's the pain and suffering one. Mm. And I think even this one, to a degree, it's not as heavy, but it is heavy in a light sense because we're telling you to rest, which we don't do well at. Yeah. And we're telling you what that rest looks like in multiple different ways. But we're also telling you along the way, we're, we're kind of sometimes slapping you around with a statement or two because you know it's true that I yeah. don't rest. Yeah. And I'm telling you to rest. Yeah. You, you know, so, yeah. um, so this one is a, this one was a lighter message, yeah. but with some heavy statements. Yeah. And so where last week it's just heavy. Right, and it's easier said than done. Hmm. So, so I definitely think these messages were similar, but in a completely different manner. Yeah. Where you know, like some of the messages, like you know, about disciplines. Okay, that they help move the plot along. Yeah, and maybe it gave people you know some some different ways to think about spiritual disciplines. Yeah, but. Yeah, these were, and then I would even say next week's message will help move the plot along to the to the ending, the conclusion, mm. which I think will be hopefully a, a big, you know, kind of, yeah, as a, 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 a culmination of everything. So, so when you're planning out a series, would you say that you can kind of see? Oh, I know which ones are probably going to be, yeah, boom, yeah, and then some. Now, one of the things that I definitely sense, though, in this series, you know, and, and I, it, it confirms how the Lord's put things on my heart to do it is like people are just loving the series, like just love, like mm-hmm. you haven't thought about it this way. Thank you, you know. So, and that's great. I mean, because that's that's kind of what I want fall to be. Is that there's mm. these series that really are trying to intersect with where we are as believers, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, like in the spring, we're going through the book of the Bible, Acts, and we're trying to help unpack, you know, the you know the book of Acts and what it means and how it applies to our life. But mm. but these are really now more of these areas of life, right? Mm. So that that's what has at least confirmed. Okay, man, I, I, I thought it would. I thought it would resonate. Sure, yeah. I think I'm seeing that it is resonating yeah. with people. That's awesome. So as we think about this week, uh, you didn't have an anchor text. Um, you said this was more topical, but what's interesting is you had 
um, from what I'm seeing, like 10 different scriptures. We had Genesis 1, 5, we have Levit- Leviticus 25, Second Chronicles 36, Isaiah 40, Matthew 11, and so on. Yeah, so, you could have even went Ezekiel 37, Valley of Dry Bones, yeah, where, yeah. where God breathes yeah. life into them. So the the question is, when there's not an anchor text like this week, how do you guard against proof texting when yeah. you're doing a topical sermon? Well, so systematic theology is a topical study of God's Word. Like, So mm-hmm. systematic theology, you're taking, let's say, a theme like salvation. Mm-hmm. And so, sure, there, there, there are texts out there – well, let's put it this way. There, there are a myriad of texts out there talking about salvation. So you could go to a text and just unpack what, you know, Paul's saying about salvation like in Ephesians 2. Mm. But but also, you know, when you're looking at something as wide and as deep as salvation, you're wanting to take into the whole gamut of Scripture mm. and really try to understand it. And so that's part of where you have what we call biblical hermeneutics, and hermeneutics is letting the Bible interpret the Bible. Mm. So, again, this is where you're looking at all these salvation texts, and you're formulating what the Bible teaches – about salvation and the various aspects of salvation, because mm. again, like uh, salvation, you have uh, there are three legs, you know, or you know, like a, you know, salvation is like a three-legged stool: mm. justification, sanctification, glorification. Mm. They all are related to salvation, but justification, you, you know, and I like using it just as if you've never sinned. So it's that positional salvation that God looks at you sure. and he sees Jesus. Amen. That Jesus's blood covers you. Uh, his righteousness has been imputed to you. But then there's sanctification. Now mm. it's this process of being conformed more into the image of Jesus. So you, So you are saved. You are being saved, and then glorification is you will be saved, and you'll get a new body, and you won't ever sin again. Hmm. So, but again, all of that's in the realm of sanctification. You see that in, uh, you know, again, in many texts. So, so again, you're taking a theme, and you're taking what the Bible teaches about that theme, and you're driving deeper. Now, in, you know, and so in this sense, like, this one was a, this was an interesting one because, you know, I didn't have so much, you know, again, it goes back to timing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I wish I had more time to set up Isaiah 40 because mm-hmm. they're in exile. And so in this passage of Isaiah 40 mm-hmm. that you you need your strength renewed, like here's why. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. it, you, you've been running and you ain't been running right, you, you know, and some things have happened. And so you you need to wait on the Lord right now. Like yeah. you're in this position yeah. where you do need to slow down and you need to process some things, right? Yeah. yeah. So so I wish I would have had a little bit more time to set that up and how that really does play in the role of seasons of slow. God had put them in exile, you know, really because of their sin. Now I'm not saying now here's the thing that I want to make sure like I'm not saying that because you are in the season of slow that you've you've sinned and God's moving you in there. I'm not saying that, but in their particular case, God had put them in a position where they, because of how they had been living, he had put them in a season of slow mm. where they needed to wait on the Lord because they had not had a life that was waiting on the Lord. Yeah. They yeah. were not strong because, in fact, they were actually weak, which is why Babylon had conquered them. Mm. So they needed to wait on the Lord's strength, and then you know they needed to wait on sustainability 
and stability because when you look at how they've been living, it was it was unstable, it was unsustainable because God kept on telling them like you can't do this, you can't do this, mm, mm. and so uh, you know when you look at they try to get ahead of the Lord and so I you know to really set that up though is that this season so you're, you're looking at it in that context. And to really have unpacked that context, I'm not telling everybody just because you might be finding yourself in a season of slow, you've you've sinned. And I did use John 11 to even talk about the second wind. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, I'm not trying to proof text there. I am saying there are times where you're going to have to wait. He's coming. Yeah. But don't give up. Like they had just say, well, yeah, we know, you know, we know, Lord, you know, the resurrection. He's like, I am the resurrection. If you would if you would have just waited and trusted me, listen, I would have showed up right on time. Mm-hmm. And, and and just so that you know, I did show up right on time. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what I'm about to do. We'll call Lazarus. You know, so Yeah. And that's where I don't want people to give up in mm-hmm. you know, in those times. So so again, and I you know, there probably was some other places I could have went to help to uh, you know, again, to illustrate the second win, but but yeah. Isaiah is a really good you know one where they're they're having to be renewed. They're they're mm-hmm. kind of because they, they want you know all they need to do because he did say just seventy years. Mm-hmm. If you can just keep walking, mm-hmm. if you can just keep moving, I'm telling you, the second win's coming. Mm-hmm. So so uh, that was the only one where you know somebody probably could have said, "Oh, you're proof texting," but I just didn't have time to set. Up the entire context of that passage, mm. where the rhythms of rest, you know, yeah. definitely they're they're there, they're embedded in creation, and they are actually embedded in terms of the sabbatical. They're embedded in how, and again, they're principles. Yeah. Um, so you know, God's not telling us to take a year off from our from our work. Like, yeah. there's nowhere in Scripture, but we do see that He had created this pattern, this mm. rhythm that He wanted His people to follow. Mm. And it is interesting that we do live in a Western culture where we do have vacation time. Yeah. Now, uh, it is inter- interesting. I had a lady come up to me, and uh, and she said, well, I don't, have, I, I, I don't have money for vacation. And I didn't have, you know, and so, so a couple of things I thought about that is, one, you don't have to have money to take time off right. because they pay you to be on vacation. So sit at home. Garden, do what like yeah. you don't have to go somewhere. So yeah. I think I think in our mind, when I say vacation or holiday, we immediately think, "Well, I got to I got to go somewhere and spend money." Of course, that's yeah. not what the Lord like. He and we're not reading in that they're they're taking a a vacation to Europe. Yeah. I mean, no, they're they're right. in the promised land, right? But they're they're taking an extended season of rest. So. So I'm not saying that you got to go spend money when you're on vacation or an extended season of rest. Okay, so again, I think we need to kind of change how we're we're viewing that. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so well, I, you know, I, obviously, I kept on talking. So I know that you got some places for us to go well, navigate. So. Well, and I would say, I mean, I think the message was we we can't afford not to, right? Yeah. So we have to. We have to find ways, even if they're creative ways. Yeah, we and have you're not to find lazy ways. if if you take the time off. See that you know that touches on. Um, I think it's the next question. Yeah, the, you had said getting healthy sleep is not a sin; it yeah. is smart. And I think about this idea of of being lazy. So why do we why do we think that is? Why do we think that like just 
just getting healthy sleep like verges on this idea of lazy so and be- even being a sin. Before I answer that question, I want to connect because, you know, and I, I did recap this this week. Yeah. But I want to read something. I want to read a verse from Matthew 13. Okay. And it, I think it's going to put it in context, what we unpacked this past weekend. So verse 22, uh, Jesus says, As for what was sown among thorns... And he's interpreting the the seed that fell among the thorny soil. Mm -hmm. So as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. Mm. And it proves unfruitful. Mm. So again, when you you think about choking, you, you, you... have to begin to think about breathing. Hmm. So, and it chokes the life. Yeah. So here's what we know from research, not just research, this is what the Bible teaches, is that when you don't rest well, life goes from you. Hmm. When you don't have seasons of slow and you feel like you can maintain this pace, Mm-hmm. That you were never created to maintain, mm. life will go from you. And when you don't breathe well, you are choking the actual life out of you. And so that's part of why, like, if you want to know that you have the faith that goes the distance, so think about it. If you have the faith that goes the distance, you will adopt rhythms of rest, mm. you will accept. Those seasons that you need to go slower, and you will have ascertained the right bouts of breathing. This is what you will do if you have the faith that goes the distance. Because if you don't, guess what's going to happen to you? Your life, the faith that you think you have, will be choked out of you. See, this is a this is a sneaky, convicting week because you mentioned it at the beginning. On the surface, we just want to cheer and we're all excited. You're giving us this freedom. But then once we get into it, the practicality of it, like this is very counter to so much of like even our identity. And there's there's this like it brings up, the I think, some control issues that we might have, some insecurities that we might have about our work or our family. or What's the first thing that typically goes – and people who profess to know Jesus, but what's the first thing that typically goes in their busy life? Church. Mm. And listen, we see it from just a research. Like we're going to church less. Now, again, going to church doesn't save you. But part of going to mm. be with the bride, part of going to be with the people of God is part of that rest. Mm. So if you never, again, we typically let go of the things that are less of a priority for us. Mm. And what God is saying is that, listen, this ought to be a priority for you. You need to adopt rhythms of rest. And this is what this is what I mean by not only sleep, but Sabbathing. Like you need to be with the people of God. And, and and then part of that day is you to process all you know, those ten things that I said. But yeah, yeah. but again, what we're looking at in the, the the church in America is that people are too tired, they're too busy, they don't rest well, 
And what we're seeing is one of the things that they're dropping is actually the Sabbath. Yeah. And all of the things that you would ought to, you ought to do on the Sabbath. Mm. Mm. So then, again, I, I'm not asking, I'm not trying to get people to question their salvation, but listen, if God told, again, you need these. God, God set it up to where you have to have these, but if you don't do them, are you really listening to him? Then who is in control? Who is God? You or him? Yeah. And I did, there was a typo. So the, the typo, the, uh, and, and somebody showed it to me. I'm like, ah. But it was on the ten, you know, 10 things we need to do on our day of rest. I uh-huh. said, uh, we trust God that he can do more through us in six days than he can in seven. Basically, it was supposed to say, we trust God can do more through us in six days than we can in seven. I think people understood what I was saying, yeah. but it was a little typo. But no, uh, he can do more. I mean, think about it. He was he was telling Israel, if you would just follow me in this, you won't even have to work an entire year, and in six years, I'll provide enough food for seven. It, but yet we know. I mean, here's the things that we do know in Israel. When they were in the promised land, they experienced famine hmm. because they wouldn't listen to him. And so you're thinking, Israel, if you would just listen to the Lord. Yeah. If you would adopt his mm. rhythms, if you would obey his commands, you could take off an entire year from working and laboring, and he would give you enough food to cover that seventh year that you didn't even have to work for. <laughs> it's so hard. Mind blowing. It's so hard to imagine that because even for so many of us, just to think about fully taking off the seventh day what preparation has to occur during the week, the the amount of preparation that has to occur on the year leading up to that seventh year off is, I I just don't think we can fathom it. Because, and this is another thing, this is why, like, I love structure and organization. Because to be structured and organized requires intentionality. Yeah. But see, we fly by the, you know, again, most people fly by the seat of their pants. I mean, yeah. if you think about how people order their finances and you know how much debt most Americans are in and how much you know how many people don't have enough money to quote unquote retire, yeah. we're never preparing for the future. We're always just engaged in the present because we are so busy. Things are happening. We, we have, and again, we're so busy financially. We're so busy physically. We're so busy in our calendar that we cannot again even take the breath to even process what we need to do to prepare well. So all of these are, and here's the thing, all of these are connected. I mean, again, we're talking about iron faith, right? Yeah. So everything that I'm building up is connected to the previous week. Mm-hmm. So when you think about spiritual disciplines and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. now you're looking at Sabbath and you're processing things and you're taking extended seasons of rest, what are you doing in those seasons of rest? You're not just resting your body, but you are processing things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think what you're in- uncovering is the, um, I'll say, it, the idol of productivity that we have in our culture, and that has that's been pretty pervasive in our church mm. culture too um we you know what what god can do in six days versus us doing in seven and we try to do it in seven we're still doing less and we wear ourselves out yeah and that goes back to the recovery part and yeah. we know this from a physicality like an athletic standpoint is 
when you're getting ready to race and you're actually, you know, and, and I don't call it a race for me because I'm not competing with anybody other than I'm, I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to complete and not compete. But what they are saying as you, as you get ready to actually run that long race is that you're going to begin to taper off. And then that week of the race, you—I mean—you're not going to do really much, so that you can be fresh, as fresh as you possibly could be, to run. And so, when you look at these rhythms of rest and these seasons of slow and these bouts of breathing, they all go into to make sure that your body can perform at its optimal. And so God set all these up so that you can perform at your best so that you might be able to do what he's called you to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if we don't, and then that's where I'm saying, like, some of us, you know, we're struggling being a parent. We're struggling being, you know, dad, mom. We're struggling being a spouse because we have not embraced many of these things to even help elevate and increase our capacity to perform in the roles and responsibilities God has given us. I mean, that's why I'm, I constantly try to tell the staff. You know, we were in the staff meeting today. It's like that's why I tell you. Sometimes you need to take off. Sometimes you just need to breathe. I understand that. You know, as we as we see this transition happen and we're rebuilding, I know it's not going to be overnight. Like it's going to take it's going to take weeks, months, even a couple of years. So. I'm not going to demand things from you that you cannot unless you just wore yourself out produce. Mm. You know, as you were talking about um, being fresh before a race, it came, you know, I, th- I thought of a convicting question even for myself. What, when's the last time I felt fresh? Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. So let that sink in, family and friends. Like, when, when is the last time you felt fresh? And I think that's also part of that rhythm of of work and sleep. Mm. Do you wake up, you know, refreshed? I mean, is that more of an MO or do you wake up tired? Yeah. Because one of the reasons, and I truly mean this with all my heart, one of the reasons why I feel like I can do what I do is because I do get good sleep. I do wake up refreshed. Like, I don't wake up tired. Now, on Mondays, because of, a you know, a long weekend, you know, it does take me a little while to kind of get going. But I, I, I want to make sure I wake up refreshed. But then when you look at – and that's why like when I look at weeks that I string together and I start feeling tired, that's when I'll tell Julie, hey, I, I, need, you to, I need you to protect my calendar. I don't need to take as many meetings because I, I need to scale back. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll, I'll feel the seasons of slope. Like for instance, I – and I even get this message on my watch now. But when I was really training, one of the messages that my Garmin would tell me is listen to your body. So it's basically saying you do have a workout today, mm. but based upon what my watch is gauging in terms of my sleep and my recovery time from my previous workouts, it would tell me listen to my body. And that, that's part of the – again, that's part of the discernment. Uh, and, and the acceptance of seasons of slow, you've got to listen to your body, you, you know, because you need to know that, hey, you know what, I have had a very, very full month. So may, maybe I do need to take a take it slow, take it easy. I can still show up to work. I don't need to take I don't need to take a vacation just yet. But may, maybe I need to pull back just a little bit from my pace. That. That's a great message. It, it, it's funny. I didn't know your watch said that. We yeah. say that to our girls, especially when they're 
um, when they're like on a jungle gym, when they're at the park, we're constantly saying that to them, listen to your body, because we want them to feel like they are exploring. We want them to be safe, but we want them to um, build that discernment. Yeah. Hey, this is this feels dangerous. I need to back off here. Yeah. We might we might be there to help protect them, but um, I think that's a, a good word for all of us to yep. listen to our body because because um, we we've, we've all experienced um, you know seasons of us not and um, and the results. Um, obviously, uh, it doesn't re- result in probably much fruit at all in life, and uh, and definitely the spiritual fruit um, is uh, is lacking. Hmm. Um, so we kind of already got there, but let's move on to the seasons of slow. So we were talking about the rhythms of rest. Now let's talk about the seasons of slow. What was interesting about that one was the the scripture about soaring, then running, then walking. Uh, that was a big aha for me. Um, you know, in the Christian life, it happens opposite than what we think, right? You talked about you, you walk and then you run and then and then you soar, but but you really brought out that you saw this for the first time this week. And no, we we soar and then we run and then we walk. And and you said when you wait on the Lord, you will end up growing slower at living than faster. You will start moving at the speed of spirit, not at the speed. Of self, can can you talk a little bit more about what you've been learning um, about that topic? Well, you know, even if you go back into that passage, you do see where even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, and and so, but but there is an energy about them, yeah, you, you know, yeah, and. And we also know from a proverb standpoint that the the young are simple minded. They're, they're foolish. Um, and when you when you start putting things together about what the Bible says about youth, uh, and that's why Paul would tell Timothy, "Don't let anybody despise your youth. Like you set the example, yeah. because because immaturity is not tied to your age." Mm. It is actually tied to how you have processed your experiences. Hmm. So if you want to be experienced, you will process your experiences. So good. <laughs> so, uh, But that's where when I think about like youths and young people – and again, I, like – and that's why I find it kind of you know funny you know where I, I do feel like I'm I'm not as youthful as I once was but you know I'll, I have I have now these people come up well you could be my son well I well I, I probably could so uh, appreciate that and uh, love you <laughs> but it's like okay what you, like what do you mean by that like you know yeah. but they they mean it in a very endearing way yeah. Uh, but I do remember when I was younger, like, I mean, I did think I knew it all. I mean, most young people, again, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in generalities, but most young people think they what? Know it all. Oh, yeah. And I did have a did have a, a an oak this past week. That's an older age kingdom saint, like who, like Joe Curtis. Well, no, 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 wait, no, because this one, this like one's in his eighties. Okay, in, okay. In his 80s. Have to get you closer he, he says, you know what a know it all knows. Oh, they're going to know. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, yeah, oh. really good. Do you know what a know-it-all knows? Yeah. All he's going know. to know. So I knew more in my 20s than I know now. See, I, I, now. I, and I think I've said it on, on the podcast before. It was the PhD that taught me how much I don't know. 
Right. So, but that's where you know you go back and you look at and you understand the season of slow is that when we're younger, we tend to go fast. We tend to want to soar. Yeah. You know, we we, we we again we have all of this energy. But now it just so dawned on me again what people were trying to tell me. And this is part of where I'm like, okay, so sometimes I want to say, if you could say it a little bit different next time, that'd be great. Maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe <laughs> I'll process it. You know, is there a Bible verse for that? Like, it's kind of like the sabbaticaling. Yeah, there actually is a Bible verse for it. Hey, there actually is, you know, something for helping you go a little bit slower in life and not always trying to forge ahead, make things happen, manufacture results. Or like some of the things that I learned as a younger pastor was the grass is not always greener on the other side. So I think that if I just leave here and I go over there, it's going to be better. No, if I would have just waited on the now I'm preaching. Now if I would have just waited on the Lord, he would have I, I would have preserved a lot of hurt and heartache because I thought mm. you know, so but that's what happens when you're young. Mm. You're immature, you're un, you know, you're, you're inexperienced. And so if you just are led by your youthfulness, if you're just led by your energy, if you're mm. just led mm. by your just passion, then what you will find yourself is God is going to move in your life to slow you down. Mm. Yeah. And he might do various things to slow you down, just like, again, what we see in the context in Isaiah 40, they yeah. were in exile. Talk about slowing them down. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, the, you know, they, they don't have an economy of their own anymore. They're no longer in their homeland. They no longer have a temple. I mean, so, yeah. so you talk about slowing life down to an almost halt Yeah. to get them to what? To focus on the Lord, to let him be their second wind, to let him be their strength, to let him be their sustainability and stability. And so that's what I'm telling you. It just revel- – it, 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 helped, it helped now put a Bible framework what, what I would say older people were trying to tell me years ago, but what I'm actually experiencing now at 41, that I don't move. Like I, I still – here's the thing. I still move. And I'm still, you know, wanting staff to to move. We we still have a mission that God has us on that we want to participate. But I don't make as many rash decisions as I once did. I, I don't shoot back an email immediately that that I need to process a little bit. I don't have I don't just go into a meeting because oh, I gotta have this meeting. No, I need to process, I need to make sure I'm in the right frame of mind. I need to make sure that the Lord has calmed me down because now mm-hmm. I'm moving at the speed of the spirit and not the speed of myself. And I think that's what we see in Isaiah 40 is that that's that progression of soaring, running, walking. Because there, and I, you know, I really wish I could do a, a, I really wish I would have been able to, to do more of a, at least research on all of the passages it talks about walking with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because we do see that, you know, let us run the race with perseverance. So, there, you know, uh, you were running well in Galatians, Paul will say, who hindered you? So there certainly are passages that talk about running, but there are a lot of passages mm. talking about walking with mm. the Lord. Mm. But, but but here's what I would say. You know how the Bible does say in a couple of different places where uh, a thousand years to you know uh, a thousand years to us is like a day to the Lord. 
well, could it be, you, you know, walking with the Lord is actually like running for us? Yeah. Because, if, because you know, like, and, I, and here's an example. And again, I, I'm just, I'm just opining right now. But the bigger someone is, the, like the taller they are, the, the longer their steps are. Uh-huh. The shorter someone is, the shorter their steps. And so just to keep up with people who take a longer stride, you actually feel like you're having to walk faster. Yeah. So could it be that we walk with the cosmic king of the universe who's – Walking stride is really running for us. Oh man! So we're so yeah. we're walking with the Lord, but we're not trying to outrun Him because you can't outrun them. You can't outrun the Lord, but in your own eyes, you might get ahead of Him. It, so they, anyways, it's just some something it, to think about. You, you know, in terms of longer strides because I, like I have that. short legs. Yeah. <laughs> so when I, I remember, I used to play speed golf with this guy who is probably six two, six three. And so just to keep up with him, as in a speed golf is that you hit the ball, you run, you hit the ball, you run, and you try to figure out that you try to finish 18 holes as quickly as you can with the least amount of strokes uh, 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 gained. Okay? Okay. So, so it's a combined time of your time finished, 18 yeah. holes, and your score of 18 holes. So he would shoot around even par <laughs> – in less than an hour. Come on. Oh, it's crazy. 18 holes? Oh, 18 holes. 18 holes. And it's an actual thing. So so Google speed golf. And uh, you'll actually see my friend. Like, he's one of the top. He's, like, in the top ten in the world in speed golf. So, but just to keep up with him, because he had longer legs. Oh, my gosh. My little sh- – I mean, I look like – yeah, I, what, I'm trying to think of that character. But anyways yeah. – I was having to an all-out all sprint to keep up with him because his stride was much longer than mine. So mm, yeah, God's cool. stride is much longer. So to walk with the Lord, you, you know, is still at a fairly brisk pace, but you're walking with him. Well, then there's not a franticness either. I mean, it's hard for me not to think about the tortoise and the hare. And um, and how foolish the hare was, yeah. you know, oh, during yeah. that. In in the tortoise, there was a uh, there was a rhythm about him, a pace. He kept moving, um, but there was a there was a sense of like peace, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what I think about when walking with the Lord. Um, you know, there's a there's a franticness yeah. of uh, of me doing things my way, yep. and there's a restful peace even if I'm moving, doing things yep. the Lord's way. Um, yeah, it's 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 so interesting. The other thing I just wrote down was was spiritual maturity isn't tied to age. Um, we can we can get into that, especially when we're talking about youth, right? I think that's one of the encouragements we can give to anybody that's that's younger. Um, you know, quote younger is is you don't have to stay there, right? And you can be wise beyond your years, um, and just because. Just because you're older doesn't doesn't mean you you've got it. Doesn't yeah. mean you figured it out. Maturity is not measured by numbers. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And we actually see it with Mary. So she's able to belt out this deep theology in her Magnificat. Right. That you know that yeah. that for two thousand years we're thinking, oh my gosh, look, look look at this theologian here. Yeah. She's a teenager. Right. She's a woman too. Yeah. Where in that culture, no, it was the men who who were the ones teaching. Mm-hmm. But here she is, 
this deep-seated theology that she's singing. Mm. And so, so age is not a number. And, or age is a number. So maturity is not a number. Right. Uh, you know, one of the other things, too, if I, you know, I'm just thinking of some things that I didn't get to in the message is uh, Psalm 40. Um, you know, the, the psalmist says, I waited patiently on the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet upon a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. And he put a new song in my mouth. And so there, there are going to be times in our, in our situations that we need to wait on the Lord. We need to wait patiently on the Lord. And he's going to hear us, and, and he's going to incline to us, and he's, he's going to move towards us. He's going to rescue us. So there's going to be times where we, we, we've got to wait Seasons are slow. We're gonna wait on the wait on the Lord. And another one, and it wasn't, and it was definitely it was definitely a passage where it talked about rest. But Matthew eleven, you know, and I put that I think in one of the scriptures up front. Yeah. But come to me, Jesus says, come to me. So it, there's this there's an invitation. So come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and, and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that's an invitation to to come and actually to rest. And you know, you you could apply you could apply this to either the seasons of slow or the bouts of breathing, and here's why. Like I uh, you know, I was actually struggling. Where where could I put this? Because it's it's not it doesn't it, it talks about rest, and you know so would I put it in the seasons of slow or would I put it in the bouts of breathing? Because I wouldn't put it in the rhythms of rest because those rhythms of rest are embedded in creation, embedded in what God's you know told Israel to do. Yeah. But this particular invitation is for all of those who are running life on their own. Mm. All of you know for for those who are trying to work out their own you know in some sense to earn their own salvation because it was it was really given to the like uh, the, the the Jewish people. Hey, listen! If if religion has burdened you, if religion has 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 taxed you, like in the in the sense where you are depleted, you are mm. exhausted. Mm. You know, if all of the burdens that these religious leaders are putting on you, that you've got to do all of these things to live up mm-hmm. to God's standard. Listen, let me let me give you a better invitation. Won't you come to me? Mm. All who are weary from life, all who are weary from religion, and I'll give you rest. And there's this there's this idea that they would they would put an inexperienced, immature, kind of weaker oxen with one who is mature and stronger so that the the stronger, more mature oxen would be able to take up the slack of the immature one. Mm. Mm. And so if you think about it, you know, wow. so what, what we're going to do is we're going to come to Jesus because he's the oxen of all oxen. Like, so when we're weak, he's strong. Yeah. Well, when we can't go any further, he can go the distance. Amen. And so we're attached to him. So come to Jesus. So, and that's where I feel like it can be in those seasons of slope that we're going to work. Again, oxen, they're alongside one another. We're going we're gonna to make sure that we're alongside of him for that sustainability and stability. Because, again, that's what's going to happen when you're attached to the, the greater oxen. Mm-hmm. But then there's that bouts of breathing is that, that as you are out of breath— 
as you are stressed, as you are vexed, as you are afraid, as you, whatever that might be that, that, that's really hurting your breathing, you're attached to him so, yeah. that, so that you can catch your breath. Yeah. So that, that's just another passage that I didn't really get to. And again, I, 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 didn't, I didn't see where it really fit in terms of the context of the message, but it does fit into the context of understanding how Jesus is our breath. Of course. How Jesus is our rest. Yeah. How we – listen, we, we don't have to experience the tired and the weariness that we, we do experience in life if we listen to him. If we obey him, if we attach our lives to him, hmm. Well, you, you can you can so see how if we do this as believers, how much we will set ourselves apart from our culture. It will be evident. You know, yeah. we won't blend in. Yeah, I mean, it, we will we will stick out. Yeah, right. Well, that's where when you look at yoga. You know, it's a whole idea of like breathing and yoga, uh-huh. and there there are some Christians that I've heard of that have an issue with it. Yeah, but it's kind of like me looking at this science book of breathe. Yeah, man, like one is it, there are benefits to breathing, right? Hey, are there benefits to yoga? I think there probably is. Mm-hmm. Have I ever done yoga? No, like I, I've never done yoga. Uh, goat yoga, I've seen it, never done it. <laughs> but the <laughs> But the idea yeah. of breathing right and, 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 you know, kind of meditating and like if you can spiritual and, – and again, I'm saying spiritualize them of going, man, here's what we know what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. If we can take those moments mm. and, and we can practice them in our life, we will be healthier spiritually, physically, mm-hmm. mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally. I mean, there's so – again, it goes back to God is going to give us everything we need, all of the information, all mm. of the truth, all of the wisdom. We need to have a flourishing life. Hmm. The responsibility is on us if we're going to receive and apply what he's given us. Yeah, this is um yeah, this is just such a a much needed reminder for us that if we are to be um counter to our culture, um we we have to we have to rest differently, we have to live differently, our productivity has to yeah. um die, you know, die. <laughs> yeah. And when here's another, and I, I, I said in the Saturday, okay. I just didn't get to it in the in the Sunday gatherings. But in the Hebrew, you have the the Hebrew word ruach, yeah. which is where we get spirit from. Yeah. But also, when God breathed the, into the nostrils of lifeless Adam, do you know what that Hebrew word is for breathe? Ruach. Mm. Which is why when you look at John 20, when Jesus said, when, when, when it says Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, 
In the Hebrew sense, they would have understood it. Now, again, it's written in the Greek yeah. in the New Testament, but in, they were Hebrews. They were Jews. Yeah. So when, when he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, they would have immediately thought about Ruach, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that the breath of God, the Spirit of God is now entering into us to bring us to life, mm-hmm. which is why Paul says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of sinful flesh. Mm. That we are to live by. Now, the Spirit of God is our breath. He fills our lungs. Mm. He empowers us. That's why we cannot do what God has called us to do apart from the wind, the breath, the Spirit, the Ruach of God, Amen. which is why the bouts of breathing is so important, yeah. that when we get to these, and, and that's why Paul, you know, I would say that David would say, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, Amen. that every breath we take, we, we take in him. That's where a song would say, like, every move I make, I'm making you. Every breath I breathe, I breathe in you. Yeah. Like, it's the bouts of breathing that if we can, as believers... Understand that every breath we take, no no matter how mm. easy it is or even how hard it is to take that breath, every breath that we it's that bow, it's that intensity, this the intentionality that we are breathing in God and we're breathing him out. And we have the very breath of God mm. in us, and his name is the Holy Spirit, mm. the Ruach of God. So um, Amen. So those those are the things that I hope that we take away from you know this weekend is that we truly need rhythms of rest, seasons of slow, and bouts of breathing, mm-hmm. and we will find ourselves giving the rest and recovery our body needs to be renewed and restored. Mm-hmm. So, well, family and friends, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Extra Takes. We love you. We are always grateful to hear yes. how Extra Takes is meaningful and yeah. encouraging mm. and uplifting to you. So anytime you see Matt or me, just let us know. Mm. We love you. Have a great rest of your day. Blessings. Thanks for listening to Extra Takes. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you won't miss a single episode.